the Ghost Goal Podcast. Liverpool kick-started their season with a shock 1-0 win over Manchester City, with Mo Salah getting his season back on track after a hat-trick against Rangers in the Champions League, scoring the winner with 14 minutes left to go against the reigning champions on Sunday. Meanwhile, Arsenal overcame a very stern test as Leeds United almost battered them to walk out 1-0 winners behind a Bukayo Saka goal in the first half. Chelsea continued their winning streak with another 2-0 win against Aston Villa on Sunday as we look forward to another slate of midweek Premier League games as the league looks to pack as many fixtures in before November's World Cup. I'm Alex. And Arsenal continued at the top of the table. Hey, I mentioned Arsenal. Uh, Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 376. I'm Alex, here with Javier. You're 10 games into the season, Javier. go, Go ahead. We get to look at the table now, Alex. It's 10 games in. I get to say it. We're top of the table. You know, you didn't let me say it until any other point. We're top of the table now. 10 games in. We kept winning. Not only top of the uh, table, but four points clear after Manchester City dropped points at Liverpool. Can the dreaming begin? Does it begin now, Javier? No, it doesn't. Of course not. The the World Cup's going to happen. So much. I I think I do think that from now till till the World Cup, Arsenal probably won't lose a game. Um, I think we have the, the Chelsea game is the game that we most likely might be able might lose but i think the other ones will will be like it's we play like zurich psv twice i guess psv away it's, a, it's another hard one all right well let's let's get around to arsenal in a little bit but we you got to yeah, we got to start out with the real no the real big game of the weekend uh manchester yeah. city went to liverpool Later on. riding high lost 1-0 had a goal disallowed which uh, they were very upset with and <laughs> You know, I mean, we can talk about the effects it has on Manchester City's season, but I don't think that's as important as the positive effects it has on Liverpool's season. They were obviously sitting like in eleventh before the game. They're now up to yeah, eighth. Huge win for them. They've got thirteen points now with only nine games played, one fewer than uh, pretty much every team in the top three, uh, and the same amount of games as Chelsea and Man United. Uh, they're only six points behind Chelsea in fourth. So, you know, all the doom and gloom that was going around uh, for most of the season uh, so far has kind of faded away, especially with the, the, the big 7-1, I think it was. Was it 7-1 against the Rangers they had last week? That People were saying that would, that would help yeah. kickstart their season. You know, like a six-minute Mo Salah hat trick. Uh, that ended up being the case because they defended excellently on Sunday against Manchester City. And uh, Mo Salah took one of I the was, two. I was right about the, uh, given. the Joe Gomez starting and uh, that kind of unlocking yeah, but, Mo Salah but that was to, center back. to play more central. But that was his center back, though. He, they, they started him in, uh, as a center back next to Van Dyke. They started James Milner at right back. And I guess the Milner, that, that was very unexpected. Milner starting at right back. Milner was pretty good, surprisingly, in his old age. You know, he was still kind of getting up and down that wing and, and playing that defensive part really well. And. You know, having Robertson start again, that was huge for Liverpool. I think getting getting Robertson fit again, getting him back into the team, he's just such an insane outlet for Liverpool. He can get up and down that wing, and his defensive capabilities are probably the best in the league at left back, you know. Um, he's he's up there with, with any of the other left backs, you know, Jao Cancelo or maybe uh, Tierney. Yeah. 
Tierney, who know. barely Zinchenko. plays for you anymore. That Tierney? Zinchenko? Oh, Zinchenko? You might as well How throw in that? Tomiyasu, since he's played, like, what, two games now at left back? <laughs> we have three great left backs, Alex. <laughs> All right, but, uh, you know, uh, Chilwell. For sure. Kukurea. Um, who, who are some of the other great left backs in the league, Alex? But he's up there, you know, he's up there with them all, but... The, the other one you have to bring up is uh, th- that we that we mentioned uh, previewing that game uh, was Fabinho being reintroduced to the side. Um, th- I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, especially after they shipped three goals against you guys, like the previous game without Fabinho in the team. It kind of seemed like a no-brainer that you needed to have a bit more of like a defensive presence in midfield. But yeah, you can't really nail it down to one single player. Like, it was a complete like team-wide effort, especially defensively. That was the thing that stood out to me most. Like, Holland still had like two very good chances: the header at the back post in the first half, and then the left-footed shot from just inside the box that uh, Allison had to you know push wide. Uh, and you normally would expect him to to take those. Um, but, you know, Liverpool limited it to just that, which, you know, not many teams have been able to say uh, this season. So uh, a lot of a lot of credit needs to be given to Liverpool. They're, they're definitely not out of this top four race. They, this win puts them right back in there. Um, so I was not, not that I don't enjoy Manchester City lose because it is kind of rare to see, especially in the league. But, you know, the part of me that, that is like hoping Chelsea, you know, at the very least retain top four, uh, keep top four. I was kind of hoping, you know, Manchester City beat them like, and then just put their season in tatters. And that hasn't happened. And what did you, what did you think of Erling Holland in this game? I mean, I thought he was like decent, a little bit disappointing. Well, well I mentioned the two decent. chances. He was okay in build the, the, yeah. the headed chance that he put right at Allison in the first half, I thought was I thought that was a goal. As soon as De Bruyne played the ball, we, we've seen that link up from that exact angle where De Bruyne is kind of like left to run into space on the sort of right channel and then he plays the ball diagonally to the back left post and Holland just finishes. He's done it a, a bunch of times already this season. So as soon as I saw Holland make like really good contact with his head on it. I thought it was going to be a goal, and then he just put it right at Allison. So that was that was kind of disappointing. But uh, my my criticisms of Holland would be more so in regards to we finally saw what what people were kind of going to be looking for this season in regards to how does Holland's presence affect Manchester City's like press as a team. Like it didn't seem like they were as energetic or or as able to press Liverpool high up as they have been in years past. And you know, I'm not saying that they they won't be able to figure that out. You can just tell that like there's there's still some uh problems to work out for Manchester City against like the very the very best opponents, the ones that like Liverpool, especially away at Anfield. So um uh, what, what did you think of that uh, Foden goal that was chalked off? I know, I know the foul that they brought it back for was when Holland pulled Fabinho in the build-up to that. I mean, it was the exact same thing as like with us with Odegaard. In what game? Where it was like, don't you remember when uh, Odegaard supposedly fouled? Yeah, it was in the Manchester United game. I remember. I remember. It yeah, now. it was the United game. Yeah, for the Martinelli goal early on. You know, he they pulled it back like 20 seconds later. He fouled Erickson. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was really soft. The referee didn't call it. And it was the same in this game. You know, so it was just like, I thought it was kind of soft again. 
you know, I, I, I did think that the, the goal probably should have stood, but this is the type of thing you get with VAR, you know, you're going to get goals like this. You're going to get decisions that go your way or that go against you. And I mean, I don't think Manchester City have been, I think Manchester City have been mostly favored with VAR a lot of times. So it's not, uh, and Liverpool sometimes have been screwed over by it. So it's good to see, I guess, Liverpool get a decision that goes for them, you know, because I, I, I'm not buying that. It's the Anfield. Uh, I think okay. it's the and Anfield. As a Chelsea fan effects. who has had Anthony Taylor screw him over so many times in Liverpool versus Chelsea. Uh, was he in the VAR? He was the referee. Oh, he was the referee, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it just, uh, I got PTSD flashbacks from that one. Uh, you know, the Reese James handball that they gave as a red card last year. Uh, Mane elbowing Aspilicueta 20 seconds into the game at Stamford Bridge, just elbowing him in the face and not getting sent off He does that in it. multiple Arsenal games as well, where he just like hits somebody or, or like cleats them and then doesn't even get a card. Yeah. The common yeah, denominator in all Mane of those instances that. was Anthony Taylor. So uh, yeah, it's, it's par for the course with him at this point. Um, that one, though, I remember being very confused by it because I, I guess I was watching on mute and I didn't see that it was being pulled back for the foul in the buildup. I thought they'd called a foul for Holland getting his foot to the ball first when Allison almost got his hands on it. And then it obviously ricocheted and Foden finished off the from the rebound. So I was sitting there thinking like, oh, Anthony Taylor, like screwed it up again. And then I went back and saw that Holland like pulled Fabinho's shirt and pulled him down to the ground. And that's more that's a bit more understandable. Like when, you know, if you're a referee and you go back and see that, it's, I think it's kind of the same as the Odegaard one. And I know you think that Odegaard one was soft, but I thought that was a pretty clear foul at the time. So uh, City created enough chances to win the game. Um, they, they, they just couldn't uh, they just couldn't do it before Mo Salah skinned Joao Cancelo and uh, scored that winner. Is Mo Salah back? Do we think he's back? Well, I picked him up in fantasy <laughs> and I capped him in Malik, so, uh, so yes. I think he's back. Okay, well that, that's a I good think sign back. because he's got his groove back. He looks uh, he looks a lot like, I mean, it, these injuries to Yota and Diaz are gonna, you know, both of them look like they're four to six to even eight week injuries. So this is gonna they're gonna be the most solid show for the next four to six weeks that are left in the Premier League season here. So. Salah's gonna have to put up numbers and do stuff for for Liverpool to at least end the season in you know the top six where they should be. So, well, the good news sure is for them, that they're playing West Ham at home, and Mo Salah always scores against West Ham. Like what? One of my rules when I did have him in fantasy was it didn't matter whether he was home or away. If Mo Salah is playing against West Ham, I would always captain him. So, uh, I I'm not quite willing enough to sell Kevin De Bruyne in fantasy and bring in uh, Mo Salah, but. If I did have Salah, I would captain him. So I think you, uh, I think you're onto the right, uh, the right thing there. Um, but yeah, huge, huge game and huge win uh, for Liverpool. I guess we should move on because not only do we have a couple of games to recap, but like I mentioned in the intro, we've got some uh, midweek fixtures coming up this week. So uh, that Liverpool West Ham game will be Wednesday at two thirty p.m. Uh, probably on Peacock. Let me confirm that. Yeah, that'll be on Peacock. Uh, the Chelsea-Brentford game is going to be the game on TV this week. So <laughs> they decided, NBC decided to go with uh, Brentford-Chelsea on TV and uh, have Manchester United-Tottenham be on Peacock. So who knows what they're smoking over there. 
let's move on to uh, come back to you guys. Arsenal went to Leeds Sunday at 9 a.m. Game The game got postponed for about 40 minutes because of a power outage in the stadium. Uh, but when it yeah, kicked it was, off it again... It was weird, but it was also nice because I got to watch... Uh, you know, goal zone, the, the, the program that lets you switch in between the games, things that are happening between the games. So I got to see a lot of the first halves of, uh, of a lot of the games going on. So it sucked, but it was also cool. Um, that game though, Alex, I mean, I'd say that was the first game this season for Arsenal that we deserve to lose or not get full points out of it. Maybe a draw. Um, and then getting a win out of it feels like we, you know, cheated death a little bit in that in that game you know we uh we definitely should have probably lost it and didn't do enough to win it and resilient defending in the end i thought other than that last incident in the last minute gabriel was brilliant the entire game um he was an absolute monster where saliba these last couple of games you know he he made that mistake in the last game and then this game he was a little bit behind it. His passing wasn't as quick or as, uh, you know, crisp as it has been in, in the previous games. And he was misplacing some passes and, and, and he was still really good defensively and a huge presence aerial. Um, and you know, most of the time, almost always very, very sound in possession, but his, his long term, his long range passing this game wasn't very good. And his last ditch tackling wasn't as good as it has been in other games. So, a little bit, you know, Saliba cooling off a little bit these last couple of games. Gabriel stepped up in this game. I thought um, Tomiyasu at left back, I wasn't in love with it. I thought maybe we should have well, started you were last week. in this game. I was. And I thought that that was because, you know, Mo Salah is a very physical, offensive threat. You saw that with Jao Cancelo, you know, turns him you know, uses his strength basically right. to, to beat him and then and then get in with his speed. When you have a player like Tomiyasu, it's it who's pretty much a center back and who's just as quick as a fullback as well, it's hard for a player like Salah to turn someone like that. But you know, Jacques Cancelo's 30, 30 pounds less than Tomiyasu and you know, much easier to turn. So in that in that sense, it's it's easier for Salah to go against someone like Jao Cancelo than to go against Tomiyasu. But I thought someone like Kieran Tierney um, probably could have done a better job in this specific game where Leeds had a bunch of small, you know, Aronson, Rodrigo. Harrison. Uh, Harrison, yes. Yeah, small, you know, quick, versatile forwards who needed a little bit of a pacier, um, not necessarily like a heavyweight, fullback to, to deal with them. So I think Arteta got the, the tactics slightly wrong in this. Um, I would have liked to see Tierney start. Um, and I was actually kind of surprised to see Tomiyasu start at at, uh, at left back. Um, I thought it was more of a tactical thing for that Liverpool game that worked out right. really well, but but I, I, I didn't want to see that there. Um, other than that, you know, I it, it the fitness issues of Zinchenko is, is a little bit worrying. You know, the fact that he's just always in and out of the team. He hasn't been able to get a consistent run of games. And our best performances have come when he's been in the team. So I really want him to get get fit, hopefully. But he's going to be going to the World Cup with... No, he's not. Oh, no, he's not going with Ukraine. Ah, that's good. Get a nice right. rest. Hopefully he can get fit then. Yeah, but a huge win for Arsenal, staying top, going four points clear. I mean, it, it, if we had drawn this game... 
it would have felt horrible because it would have been a week where Liverpool, where City dropped points, you know, and like you said, I mean, I'm not dreaming of the title, but when you're first and you're winning games, um, I sent you like a post earlier today, just showing a comparison of Chelsea were first at this point in the season last year. And then they had some really bad injuries to Chilwell and James and then the season and kind Kante. of fell apart and you, you, you kind of just struggled over the line, you know, barely got in, not barely got into top four, but stumbled into top four. Yeah. I wouldn't say you just like easy ceremoniously that. injected yourself. I feel like, into top I feel four. like everyone else thought we stumbled into top four, but the entire time at the end of last season, I remember saying to you, like, we'll be fine. Like if it becomes like a threat that we might not get top four, our players will start playing again and we'll get a couple wins and we'll seal it. And that's, that's what ended up happening. When I was watching that game, I only got to watch the second half because I was busy with the Chelsea game. That obviously got, uh, you know, pushed Arsenal back a little were, bit. We were pretty good in the in the first. Yeah. Half, so yeah, forgive me. Forgive me half. if I like. I'm not trying to say this is reflective of the entire game, but from what I saw in the second half, it, it seemed like the it wasn't so much Tomiyasu on your left side. It was uh, Ben White. I think was playing right back. They were just playing triangles around midfield sucking Ben White and like the other center backs forward and then just playing a ball in behind for Aronson or Harrison or whoever to run onto. And then they just had like all this space to deal with. And I think you brought on, I'm not sure who exactly you brought on. I just remember you made a sub for Ben White at some point. And from then on, like you guys seemed a bit more, I'm not trying to blame Ben White. Like it just seemed like it wasn't his game. Like he was, he was getting baited too we, much. We, I think we, brought on Tierney and then moved Tomiyasu to right back. That must have been it, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that didn't seem to fix it, but it made it, made it a lot less, uh, you know, panic-stricken. Like, the whole team up until then seemed like the goal was coming. You guys were going to concede and you were holding on for dear life, and that kind of settled things down a bit more. And then you have the scare with the, uh, the second penalty that was given. The first one that Bamford missed, you know, that's pretty... Pretty cut and dry, Saliba handball. You guys get lucky with Bamford just choking. The second one that got overturned and Gabrielle was given a red. Uh, like that was like the only like scare at the end of the game. I think from what I saw, it, it, it didn't seem like once you made that switch, you guys were as you know all over the place anymore. But yeah, th- those those wins feel great, and that's like a perfect segue into Chelsea Aston Villa because we had a very similar game at Aston Villa against like a similar kind of team that's, you know, lower, like not like, yeah, you know, they're right. They're right next to each other in the table. Leeds are 15th, Aston Villa are 16th. They're both maybe not struggling as much as, you know, some other more high profile teams like, you know, Leicester and Wolves. But uh, Chelsea went to Aston Villa and I was like hoping that we would, you know, wipe the floor with them and get Steven Gerrard fired. But instead it was pretty much all Villa for the entire game. Yeah, they, Chelsea had some, you know, spells of possession where we were able to keep the ball and pass it around our back line. Uh, but we, we really struggled with this uh, th- this new system that I, I was looking forward to seeing when I saw the lineup. It was you know, Mark Kukurea at left center back, like he played for Brighton under Potter last year, and then Ben Chilwell at left wing back. I was excited to see how that worked out. And instead, Aston Villa just targeted Kukurea uh, knocked long balls into his channel, had Ings or Watkins run onto them, you know, be physical with Kukurea and create something out of basically nothing. Uh, but we, we just got lucky with the mistake that Mings made that allowed Mount to score a couple minutes in. 
and another also Keppa was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, we need to talk about we need to talk about Keppa. First half. We we haven't talked about Keppa and the only things we've talked about Chelsea like I think last week I said I won't be ready to talk about Chelsea unless we go to Milan and beat Milan. We did that. You beat Milan with some help from the referee, I'll admit. <laughs> some uh, and a former Chelsea uh, academy graduate. red card. Yeah. I mean it wasn't questionable. It was just unfair. It, it just, no, it was a penalty and a yellow card, but it wasn't. Well, no, red. no, because I mean, by the rule book, I'm not saying I agree with this rule. By the rule book, it was a red card on Tamori. It's double jeopardy. Yeah. So you're not supposed to give both of those. It ruins the game. Yeah, but if you're denying they a goal, the if, rules, not, so not in Champions not League, to not, do in, that not in Champions League, in the Premier League. Um, oh, okay. So it, by the rule book, it was the correct decision. But I, as I was watching it, I was like, I don't like that either. If that happens to Chelsea, I, I'm pissed off about it. But, you know, it happened in favor of us and had a professional performance for the rest of the game. 1-2-0. Uh, Milan didn't really create anything other than a Giroud header that he missed. Uh, and then we followed that up with a shitty 2-0 win against Villa where we didn't look very good. And the, the kind of lesson I've learned, uh, and I, I think Graham Potter should have learned by now with some of these, uh, you, you know, team selections is that we've looked at our best so far under Potter in a back three, specifically when we've had three center backs, three natural center backs playing in those positions. He's tried Kukurea and Aspilicueta at left and right center back sometimes, and we always look a little shaky defensively. Um, but whenever he's played Thiago Silva in the middle, Koulibaly at left center back and Chalaba. Uh, or uh, Fafana when he was fit at right center back, we look golden. So hoping to see, uh, and that was proven again when Koulibaly came into the the, the game on, against Villa on Sunday. And from that point on, Villa didn't really create anything. And, and it's kind of also because the game fizzled out because Mount scored the free kick. But yeah, hopefully uh, Potter has picked up on that by now and may, maybe try something different again in like a game with lower stakes. But for these big games, like we've got Brentford away on Wednesday, that's going to be just as difficult, if not more difficult than Aston Villa. Um, and yeah, hopefully he learns that lesson and we keep this winning run going. Uh, but let, let's mention Keppa for a yeah, second. You're going to play, you're gonna play against Ivan Tony Gall. Right. Brentford have only lost... One game this season at home against Arsenal. We do need to talk about Kepa Alex because I feel like we've been Kepa's scared been, to until now. Like we're like we're because Kepa's he's been, been in the, the background of Chelsea for three seasons or so now since Sorry Maurizio Sorry was at Chelsea when you know he he made that infamous decision to uh, not come off the pitch when Sorry was yelling at him to come off the pitch and then he stayed on and then played well and I think you guys won. The penalty shootout well, where he okay. played, right? So, so Keppa was also the goalkeeper for Frank Lampard's entire first season. Then at the start of Lampard's second season, that's when we bought Mendy. And Mendy was Mendy has been brilliant for us for two seasons straight, one under Lampard and one under Tuchel. But, you know, we've started seeing some of the mistakes creep out in terms of Mendy's uh, distribution on the ball. He's had some high-profile mistakes that have led to goals, like even in big games, like in the Champions League against Real Madrid. And against Leeds earlier this season and the 3-0 loss at Leeds. Uh, so uh, it's kind of a similar decision that Potter had to make at Brighton when he had Matt Ryan, the Australian national team goalkeeper, like a, uh, as the embedded starter. And he made the decision to you know go with a relatively unknown Spanish keeper and Robert Sanchez. And he's turned Robert Sanchez into 
one of the best keepers in the league. And it was mainly predicated off the fact that he was better than Matt Ryan with the ball at his feet and distributing and initiating uh, play out from the back. So Kepa, the Kepa Mendy debate kind of follows the same through lines. And uh, again, Kepa has been very good with the distribution as expected where he's improved has been, you know, these stunning saves that he's made. Like he made two or three great saves against Villa he he doesn't seem to be as susceptible to conceding that goals triple from save long. Was crazy. Yeah, it was especially the second one that in that, amazing. the one that was low. You gotta down. go watch that if you haven't seen yeah. that. There's uh, there's a lot of clips on on social media of this uh, Kepa triple save, but yeah, it was it was really crazy to watch. You thought there was definitely going to be a goal in that sequence. And yeah, I mean it's it's good to see him. You know have a little a little luck in his career and it's not again it's not just luck he's worked very hard and been very patient while Mendy has you know taken his chances but now Kepa's got his opportunity and he's making the most of it and that's the kind of thing that you know people like to talk about like oh you need multiple players in each position to breed competition that's this is a perfect example of why that is you know so and credit to Mendy too because he's not been going to his agent going to the media trying to you know, whine about it or, you know, trying to get a move away. He's, uh, he's you know, been in the background. I'm sure he'll get an opportunity at some he point. He apparently only has, uh, I think, one or two years left on his contract. And uh, he's been stalling and not re-signing with Chelsea because he wants a lot of money. So I don't know about all that. At what, at what point? You mean Mendy has been stalling? Yeah, Mendy, like, you guys wanted to re-sign him, but he wanted way more money. And uh, I think he only has two years left on his deal. So I think you might have to sell him in the summer. If he doesn't want to resign, yeah, maybe. Uh, we also just bought that uh, that U.S. keeper Gaga Slanina. And, and Kepa still has, I think, four years left on his deal. Yeah, three so or four. He signed like a you're, seven-year you're deal. You're not getting rid of Kepa anytime soon. Yeah, it doesn't look like we need to so far. Uh, yeah, that's that's enough about Chelsea. Uh, let's move on to well, I'll mention some results because we we got to preview at least uh, one or two of these midweek games. But over the weekend, Tottenham got a two-nil win against Everton. Fulham and Bournemouth played out to a 2-2 draw. That was one of the best games on Saturday during that 10 a.m. time slot. Uh, a uh, you know battle of promoted teams. Brentford, uh, on Friday night, they got a 2-0 win over Brighton with a brace from Ivan Toni. And uh, Manchester United played out a 0-0 draw with Newcastle, which I did not see any of, and I'm very pleased with that. Uh, Wolves beat Nottingham Forest 1-0 behind a Ruben Neves penalty. And Leicester and Crystal Palace played out to a nil-nil draw as well. So let's get to this Man United-Tottenham game. Tottenham, other than that Arsenal performance a couple weeks ago, seem like they're, they're doing They're level okay. on points with Manchester City right now. It is fucking insane. The way that they've been playing, that they've lost one game, drawn two, and have seven wins, and they've just been quietly going out with their business and going Kane, Son, Inshallah, and just winning games over and over and over again. Because Honestly, you're not giving enough credit to Hoiberg. They just don't go away. Hoiberg has three goals yeah. this season. <laughs> I've never seen Hoiberg score right. this much. Kane, Son, Hoiberg, <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been doing very well. And I agree with you. It is kind of under the radar. But then again, Manchester United at home. You know, they've got the two big wins over Liverpool and Arsenal. So this one's kind of up in the air for me. Like, I get it. Like, they just got, you know, they just got piped you know, by they've City. They've been low-key gods at home. They've been really good at home. So you got to think in these big games, 
Manchester United always have that extra X factor. They always have the referee on their side. You know, they always have the 13th man, you know, the crowd and the referee. So 14 men. So you're always playing 11. (laughs) Well, no, 13 men. What the hell? My math is completely fucked. 11 v 13. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always hard to play at Old Trafford and... I think it's going to be a hard one for Tottenham. If Tottenham can come out of this game with a win, I mean, Human Son, two amazing goals in Champions League in midweek. He looks to be coming back on form. You know, he's one that if he can get going, then this Tottenham team can can get buzzing. And Harry Kane just seems to be scoring every single game, whether it's a penalty or a header or, you know, a nice finish. He's rounded out his game where he's pretty much just scoring week in, week out, and he may not be scoring in bunches right now, but he's scoring every single game, and it's getting Tottenham wins. And that's pretty much what an... It's, it's what an Antonio Conte striker at every ty- at every team that Antonio Conte has had. He's had a striker that just always scores goals, that you always have this guy scoring 30, 35 goals in the season because Conte gets his wingbacks and all of his midfielders to chip in here and there with the goal, but it's really the strikers that that come out well in Conte's system. And the wingbacks and the strikers, those are the ones that end up getting the most stats. And, you know, you can look back at, at all of Conte's teams and see that and... I think Harry Kane is no different now. You know, he's thriving in a system that that focuses on him. Yeah, it's the first time in his career that he's scored in five consecutive Premier League games, which you would have thought he'd done that before. But that just shows you that, like, maybe he's not getting the bunches of goals, like you said. uh, But, you know, he's managed a level of consistency that is just as, if not more impressive uh, than previously. Uh, and, you know, there's there's still, like you said, level on points with City, just in touching distance of Arsenal. Which way are you leaning in terms of predictions for this one? I kind of think it has draw written all over it. That's what I'm um, hoping. Because uh, I don't like that little four-point uh, gap between be, us and Tottenham. And yeah. I think it's going to be low scoring, and both of these teams are going to be afraid to get caught on the counterattack. Tottenham are the type of team to sit back and allow your opponents to have possession if they think that they, they there's going to be a danger of any type of counterattack. Um, they did it against us. They weren't successful. Um, they did play four attacking players. I don't think they're going to do that at Manchester United. And they're also not I think fit. It's going to be a kind of a boring game. They they, they also they don't have enough like, players to play the the four attacking players. They they've got injuries to Richarlison yeah, and to Kulusevski. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like. Like one one, I think maybe like a Kane penalty and a Ronaldo goal. I think United probably score first, get the crowd behind them. Tottenham see uh see out the first half one nil, come back, play well in the second half, and get a goal, and it's one one. Both teams won one each of the halves. Don't bet the over in this one. I don't. Yeah, think. definitely don't because also Manchester United, like I said, they do have that away trip to Stamford Bridge next Saturday. And this Tottenham game, they're going to play it on Wednesday. Uh, so Wednesday, 8.15 kickoff in England, 3.15 here to, you know, Saturday afternoon. It's uh, it's it, those two games being like such, you know, big rivalry games, uh, you know, two of their Man United's rivals to try and get into top four. A part of me is thinking, well, we might even see some rotation. We have we don't really know like enough about Ten Hag 
and how he's approaching things in the Premier League to say for sure whether he'll rotate. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, all of a sudden Harry Maguire is back in the lineup or something. Like, there might be some shock. I mean, Manchester United, uh, Casemiro started in the last game. I think that's getting Casemiro starting a few games in a row is going to be big for them, getting him into the team. You know, getting a first-choice back line, and, and he keeps twink- tinkering with his front line. Anthony seems to be a mainstay. Uh, Rashford is benched for Ronaldo in the last game, and both of them missed chances. It's it's Tenag has a lot of problems right now. He needs to keep trying to figure out who needs to stay in Manchester United next season, and this is going to be the type of game where, where a players that step up can, can remain in the lineup for a long time. So if United can somehow sneak a win here, it'd be huge for them because I think they're going to be the, the team that could be the odd man's out at the end of the season. You know, I think they're going to be dips in form during the season with this team. There's going to be injuries, things that happen that that I think United are, are slightly beating above the belt right now, and we'll see if they get exposed in this game. Beating above the belt? What is that? <laughs> they're, uh, they're hitting above the belt. That's what I meant. But what is that? <laughs> You know they're punching above punching their above weight. their weight. Yeah, okay, that's a saying I've heard before. How about that? That's a better one. That's a better one. I don't know about these. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one Tottenham. Uh, the the change they made in in midfield, adding Basuma to you know Bentancur and Hoiberg. They're they're probably gonna need something like that for this United game um, because I'm guessing Christian Eriksen will probably be back after he was out sick for that uh, Newcastle game. Uh, and it seemed like once uh, Tottenham made that change in the Everton game, everything started shifting in, in their favor. They started winning way more 50-50 duels in midfield, which triggered counterattacking opportunities for them. They don't have Kulisevsky or Richarlison, so just rely on you know your two best players, Kane and Son up top, pack the midfield. and Oh, Kane yeah. and Son, inshallah. <laughs> I like that. Kane, Son, and inshallah. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of the podcast episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go two one Tottenham. Uh, moving on, let's see. Uh, Arsenal and Manchester City were supposed to play this week, this uh, midweek. That would have been a huge one, but Arsenal have to make up their uh, postponed game with PSV in the Europa League that was postponed after the uh, we're, uh, we're going to go come up against Cody Gakpo, the uh, the the most goal and assists. Of any player, right? In, First uh, player in to reach Europe's, ten goals uh, and ten assists in Europe this year. Uh, yeah, a scary, Manchester scary United Alex. target, actually, which is uh, interesting. Um, yeah, so that, that that Arsenal City game won't be happening. Sorry to tease you, uh, but some other games for you Tuesday. By the time you've probably listened to this, uh, Tuesday at two thirty p.m. Brighton versus Nottingham Forest. Uh, Tuesday at three fifteen p.m. Crystal Palace Wolves. Uh, then on Wednesday uh, at two thirty p.m. There's four different games going on. Bournemouth, Southampton, Newcastle, Everton, Brentford, Chelsea, which I already mentioned, and uh, Liverpool, West Ham. Do we want to talk about the Liverpool-West Ham game at all? No, fuck that. I want to talk about the Brentford-Chelsea game because Brentford have only lost one game at home. Chelsea are on a good run right now. Brentford are on a decent run. Tony just got a brace. You know, they're, they're, they're rocking at home right now. Do you think they just made, I mean, Brighton have been really good. They made Brighton look kind of pedestrian. Brighton didn't have that many good chances against Brentford. Brentford played really well in this last game against them, winning 2-0. Do 
you know, do you think Chelsea are going to have a comfortable, comfortable stay at uh, comfortable? At is a, is not, comfortable is not the word I would use. Uh, I very much expect it to be difficult. And to be very honest with you, like I'm still Arsenal trying to get and, and won three nil there and sure. made it look pedestrian. Sure, but I, I'm still trying to get the hang of just locking down what Graham Potter's lineup decisions are going to be, which it may take me a while to figure that one out. I'm envisioning him rotating a whole lot for this game with Manchester United at home on the weekend, like in mind. But even when we rotate, you know... You might slip up then. Yeah, maybe. We, uh, But I mean, I still think we could get a draw in, in that scenario, which I don't think is great, but I, I certainly wouldn't be heartbroken with that either. Even when we rotate, we still have players like Connor Gallagher, who's looked excellent every time he comes in uh, to games as a sub uh, under Graham Potter, obviously scored that winner at Palace, could have scored a brace in the second AC Milan game. If we have him starting instead of, I don't know, Sterling, or uh, or, or maybe we have uh, Broya start over Aubameyang, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure which of these substitutions or you know rotations are going to be made. But we we probably need to make them. How the mighty have fallen! I don't view it as uh, us falling. I just view it as you know a transitional period. You're picking up our trash now and using them. It's all right. You guys can stay far below us in the table. You use you use our trash as our uh, as your starting striker. That's all right. It's all right, Alex. Don't worry about it. I don't know what you're talking about. We uh, we we bought Aubameyang from uh, Barcelona. And he he just scored he just scored a a brace at uh, Real Madrid in El Clasico. So I don't know I don't know if you watched El Clasico last weekend, but uh, Xavi's Barcelona without Aubameyang, they went to Real Madrid and they uh, got their asses handed to them. With Aubameyang at the end of last season, they pumped Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. So Aubameyang one man's trash is another man's treasure. So yeah, we'll make do with that. <laughs> and like I said, we might not even play him. Uh, it might be Armando Broya who scored his first goal uh, in the yeah, Chelsea shirt. To troll you a little he's, bit. He's going to be. You were, he's going to be a beast. You were getting a little bit too horny about your uh, your pot. I, I haven't. I haven't gotten horny over anything. I've literally just said I'm still trying to understand. You're what secretly Potter wants just to do. starting to love what Potter is doing, Alex. Come on. Oh no, it's. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. You know, it's. Uh, he's, ah, he's, it's not secret anymore. It's he's coming out right out now. I'm enjoying it. The gush is coming out right now. Before you were like, I don't know about this Potter. Two one win. Now you know. Alex. Two one win for Chelsea. I, I kind of think you're going to win too. Um, I, I I think it's going to be a close game. I do think Ivan Tony scores in this. I think it's like two one Chelsea too. Yeah, I like that. I like that scoreline. I like that scoreline. I kind of think Liverpool are going to win relatively easily against West Ham at home. That's why I think it's not going to be a uh, true game that we have to talk about too much. Well, the midweek games will finish up on Thursday as uh, Fulham hosts Aston Villa at two thirty p.m. and then Leicester hosts Leeds at 3.15 p.m. on Thursday. Javier, are we going to be back on Thursday to uh, talk about these games? Or do you want to do an Instagram Live? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, here on the pod, but... Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll uh, Instagram Live? We'll figure that out. 20-minute Instagram Live? We'll figure it out. We might late do a little at, pod. Night. We might do a little Instagram Live. We'll have to uh, All right, well, discuss it with my agent. <laughs> I'll have your my people call your people. We'll figure something out. Yeah, I th- we'll uh, we'll figure I something I out. We'll see how our schedules line up. To and, now, uh, but uh, you know, yeah, but my agent won't let me. You know, displace. Oh, I get who your agent Alex, is now. So. I get who your agent is now. Okay, yeah, I, I was just joking. But yeah, yeah. key interruption. <laughs> you know, 
You didn't know? Yeah, it's funny. Too. Well, that leads us perfectly into uh, the fact that we don't have anything planned yet, but uh, if anything changes and we do either a pod or an Instagram live after these midweek games finish on Thursday, uh, you can hear about that on our social media accounts. You can follow Javier at JavierF9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMOS92. And you can follow the podcast socials themselves at Pod. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and uh, leave a rating and a review if possible. Those new ratings and reviews help new listeners to find the pod. And we really appreciate if you guys uh, help us to grow this thing a little bit. So enjoy these midweek games, everyone. And until next time. Kane Salah, inshallah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs>